Hello, I'm Pastor Phil Mentor. I'm the lead pastor of Harvest Worship Center. On behalf of myself and our congregation at Harvest Worship Center, we would like to thank you for joining us for our weekly podcast. This is a podcast of our Sunday morning celebrations that take place every week at 10.30 a.m. We would like to invite you to come and join us in person sometime. We are located at 456 4th Street in Tryon, Georgia. We now pray that you are blessed by the Word of God today. Thank you again, and we hope you will enjoy this week's message. If you would like more information about Harvest, please visit us on Facebook and Instagram or at our website at tryonhwc.com. I want to go into just a few thoughts with you this morning as you uh, get ready to celebrate Christmas this week. And um, I wanted to just put this thought before you. What if there was no Christmas? What if there was no Christmas? And just uh, th- think on that for just a moment. Um, what if what if Satan had been successful at preventing the birth of Jesus? What if there was no manger? There was no shepherds, no angels announcing his birth. Um, I love that video that we began service with because uh, don't you love a kid's perspective of the Christmas story? Isn't that awesome? And uh, if you miss that, uh, you miss something cool. Uh, but in Matthew, the second chapter, verses 1 through 15, uh, we, we get the uh, Christmas story, uh, part of the Christmas story. To get the whole Christmas story, you have to go to various uh, Gospels, Luke being one of them. But it says simply this, now after Jesus was uh, born in Bethlehem in Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has, uh, was born king of the Jews? For we saw the star, in, uh, star when it rose and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king uh, heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him and assembling all the chief priests and scribes and of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born and they told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophets. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, uh, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For uh, for from you shall come a ruler who who will shepherd uh, my people Israel. And then it goes on to say, Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained uh, from them what time the star, uh, the star uh, had appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I may too come and worship him. And after listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had uh, seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and ham, if you were here last week, myrrh, uh, and, be, and being, being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Now, the, now when they had departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to the, Joseph in a dream and said, Rise and take the child to his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and he took the child and, and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. Then this was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet out of Egypt, I call my son. And I'm just going to lay in the foundation there of what we're going to talk about. What if there was no Christmas? What if Herod had succeeded? Um, what if uh, 
the the birth of Jesus had not taken place. A few years ago, uh, there was a book by John Grisham, a small book called Skipping Christmas, um, that later turned into a hit movie. Maybe you know it better as uh, The Cranks. Um, uh, the Luther and Nora Crank, uh, who decided that commercialism, uh, that because their daughter wasn't there, they were not going to participate in Christmas. They were going to skip Christmas. No lights, no gifts, no celebrations. Um, and the ramifications of this uh, deciding to skip Christmas affected their friends and their family in a great way. And, of course, if you've seen the movie at the end, uh, the neighbors who they had so uh, cruelly treated to skip Christmas come to their rescue uh, in a very uh, giving way. And so uh, that's that's one of those. Now, I want to just stop a minute. We're going to have a little bit of fun this morning. But um, what are some of your favorite Christmas movies? Anybody? Who? What now? Christmas Vacation, that's kind of, kind of a tradition in our house. Watched it last night. Uh, Christmas Vacation, who don't love Clark, okay, and Cousin Eddie. I mean, that's, that's, I mean you can't have Christmas without Cousin Eddie. Um, again, um, what's another one? One of your favorites? The Grinch. The Grinch, okay, The Grinch, okay. And The Christmas Story, The Grinch, somebody else? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Polar Express, what was it? It's a Wonderful Life. I love that movie, by the way. Great movie, great message. Somebody else? What? Die Hard. My all-time favorite Christmas movie, Die Hard. Yes. So, um, again, um, Christmas, think about it. If there was no Christmas, those wouldn't exist. Those movies wouldn't exist. This time of year wouldn't exist. There would be no lights. There would be no no trees. There would be no celebration. All we would do is we would go through another week, another day, and that would be it. But because of an event that took place 2,000 years ago, it has altered history. It has altered our lives in such a way. And believe it or not, whether those who do not believe in God or do not acknowledge the birth in Bethlehem of Jesus, guess what? Their lives were changed by the event that happened 2,000 years ago. You can't question that that event changed everything. It changed all about what uh, we do today. The culture of society has been shaped by that event in Bethlehem. And so my question to us today is as we enter into the Christmas season, as we get ready to celebrate with our family and our friends in whatever way, um, I, you know, uh, I also, what anybody got some crazy traditions you like to carry? Not too crazy. You know, we are in church. Crazy traditions that you carry out with your family at Christmas time. Anybody? You go to the movie theater and watch a movie. That's a Christmas tradition. Most likely Star Wars. Okay. Anybody else? You open the gifts one by one and they have to watch everyone do that. Okay. Anybody else? Crazy traditions. I know uh, there was uh, some of our friends, they've got a son, uh, Peyton's age, and he he came to his mother and he said, I'm going to open a, a present uh, and then I'm going to set a timer for, what was it, a minute uh, or, or, or five minutes to open the next one so he could stretch it out as long as he possibly could. And so, you know, he was wanting to prolong Christmas a little bit more. Anybody else? Some crazy tradition you like to carry out or something? How many has gingerbread house contest? I know some of y'all do. We saw them online. And, you know, um, there's all kinds of things. I know one of the traditions I like to do, I like to load everybody up and I like to go look at lights. I like to go drive around and look in the neighborhoods and look at lights. And, and, uh, and you know, um, I like to see who has the spirit of Clark Griswold upon them. Um, and, and so 
those kind of things I enjoy doing. But this time of year has been shaped by an event that took place in Bethlehem. If anybody ever traveled to the Holy Land in this place, has ever been to Bethlehem, okay? If you go to Bethlehem, I'm going to share something with you. I've been there, not impressed, not impressed. It's not impressive. Even today, it's not impressive. Bethlehem is, actually, it's a war zone just about it. It's fought over greatly. There's, there, when we went there, it was the military was present. Tanks were there. Uh, armored vehicles were there. There were uh, you know, soldiers walking around with, with machine guns. It was, it, it, it's not exactly what you expect. And I imagine it wasn't what, uh, what most people would expect in that time to find a king. Uh, as a matter of fact, the, the, the wise men sure didn't expect to find the king there, and the shepherds didn't expect to find the king there, and Herod surely didn't expect to find a king there because he had to inquire, but, but guess what? God will always choose the most unusual things and the most unusual places to show his glory. And I'm here to tell you, believe it or not, that should be a, a, a saving grace I know it is for me that God can use someone like me, someone like you, someone in this world that we least expect. God can show his glory through them, his power through them, his presence through them. And I'm here to tell you, God showed us through the story of his birth that he came not to draw attention to himself, but to draw man's attention to God. And he came to bridge that gap between lost, lost humanity and, and a holy God and I am so thankful for that. Now, that brings me to one of my favorite movies, which is The Grinch That Stole Christmas. I love that movie, and I'm going to tell you something. I like the, the, the uh, real-life play version of it, but I like the old cartoon. I, I, I still go back to that old cartoon of The Grinch because it brings back so many rich memories of sitting around, eating Christmas cookies with my brothers and my sisters and, and uh, telling everybody to please shut up so we could hear the movie. Anybody ever done that? You know, manners go out the door and, you know, Christmas movies are on. So, um, but, you know, I can remember so much about that. And I can remember hearing people uh, get up and share sermons through, the, through my life of how the Grinch represented Satan in the movie. Well, I had a real big problem with that because the Grinch, you know, he gets saved, does he not? There in the end, doesn't something come into his heart and it gets bigger? Uh, I don't know if Dr. Seuss planned it that way, but I like to look at it that way. I'm going to tell you something. There was a transformation of him because what he got so caught up, he was so sick of the commercialism of Christmas that he, he, it sickened him. And I'm going to tell you something. A lot of us, if we're not careful, we'll get so caught up with what we can't put under the tree for somebody or what we can't, uh, what we can't get ourselves or what we don't have. And I go back to Christmas vacation when, when the little girl, the little uh, niece goes to Clark and he's upset because his bonus hasn't got there. And he makes a statement. He says, I can't even afford to be an elf. I want you to understand something today that it doesn't matter what you have have or how much you can put under a tree or if you have anything to put under your tree 2,000 years ago in a little obscure town that was not even really on the map named Bethlehem, Jesus appeared, Emmanuel, Christ with us, God with us, and I'm here to tell you, if you'll allow Jesus to do it in this Christmas season, this day, this, this very moment, this morning, God can redefine Christmas for you, he can redefine your life this morning, because I'm here to tell you that angels still proclaim the glory of this God that became flesh and dwelt among us, died on a cross so that you and I might have relationship with God. Somebody give him praise for that this morning. Amen. He promised 
us to be free. This promise that was sent was a promise made first to, to Eve in the garden. Do you realize that? That's how far back that promise goes. It was in, found in the book of, Revel, uh, of Genesis and goes out all the way through Revelations that he promised a redemption, a redeemer. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus is ready to do some redeeming, I believe, this year and throughout this coming year of many lost souls. Now is the time that Jesus wants to appear to this world. And how does he appear in this world? He appears through the hearts and the lives of those who have been changed by his blood. Changed. Look, there's some simple things you can do this Christmas that will make somebody's Christmas. And that's just pick up the phone and call somebody or text somebody and let them know you're thinking about them, that you love them, that you're praying for them. It will go a long way to warm a heart. It'll go a long way to make somebody's Christmas a reality. Why? Because that's not you doing that. That's the Christ in you that is sharing the love of him to this lost and dying world. Share the love of Jesus this Christmas. Now is the time to do that. Mary and Joseph traveled a long way hoping, uh, hoping for uh, delivery without complications. Amen? Everybody that's ever went into, it, it, it had a child in this world, or you pray what? You pray that that birth will go smoothly, that there'll be no complications. As a matter of fact, my nephew uh, and his wife had their, their, I believe she was in labor a total of 24 hours. Uh, it, you know, it was just a rough, rough delivery from what they were saying. There is no easy delivery. I don't care who you are. It's, it's, it's a, they don't get here easy, all the women that's had babies say. Amen. Amen. A few of you are ready. You know, they don't get here easy. Um, and, and, and uh, you know, uh, all, all us men, we, we, we know, won't we? Know? No, we don't. But we want to say we do. Anyway, Mary traveled a long way. Think about that, traveling on a donkey all that way. <laughs> um, think about that. A great with child, or as we learned last week, Pregnant, pregnant. If you missed last week, you missed something good. Did our did our youth and kids do a great job? Let's just man, they did a great job. Jesus was born, and I'm here to tell you, you can't stop Christmas. Harry couldn't stop Christmas. You can't skip the holiday whether you want to. You can say in your mind you're not going to celebrate it, but I'm here to tell you, even the secular world celebrates Christmas even though they want to rearrange the reason, and they want to say to you, happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. I got news for you. You can call it whatever you want. Jesus came 2,000 years ago, was born in this world and he came to save this world from their sins. God has sent to us a blessing named Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Unwrap that gift this Christmas. Get reunited with that Christmas. I've got some homework for you to, uh, during this Christmas season. Maybe you do it, maybe you don't. But if you don't do it, then I'm going to ask for you to establish a new tradition in your home, a new, a, a new blessing in your home. Pull out your Bible, turn to the book of Luke or the book of Matthew, read the Christmas story with your family, and then celebrate the real reason for the season, the real reason we've gathered together, the reason the world is forgotten. Amen. As a matter of fact, don't want to break your heart. Walmart's already got all their Christmas stuff on clearance because they got to get Valentine's Day stuff out Christmas night. Okay, they got to get it. Got to get ready for the next money maker. But I've got news for you. You can celebrate Christmas in your heart this season, and the real reason by unwrapping that beautiful gift and that story. Share the story of Jesus' birth with your family. 
Do it. And, and you say, well, it's just me. Then share the story of Jesus' birth with yourself. Take time. Read about it and read, of, read it very carefully. Ask God to open your eyes. Look to Luke chapter 2 and, and, and then Matthew chapter 2 and just be amazed at this glorious story of what God did for us. Amen? Max Lucado wrote a beautiful book about Christmas called God Came Near. And if you want a great read during the, during the holiday season or any time, you should grab that book and you should read it because it is a powerful tell a retelling of the story of, of, uh, that is found in the Bible of how Jesus, God himself, left glory and came near, came to us. Amen? And you say, boy, I would have loved to have seen that time. I would have loved to have been there. My faith would be greater if I had been one of those shepherds. And I've got news for you. The Bible declares if you believe in Jesus today, your faith is greater than the apostles. Did you know that? Because he says, blessed are those who will believe and have not seen me. Have not seen me with their eyes. Did not, did not witness that event. If you believe in Jesus, do you realize your faith is greater than that of the apostles? That's the scripture. He says, blessed are those who have faith that believe in me that haven't seen. Their faith's greater. Their faith's greater. What are we doing with that great faith? How are we affecting this world with our great faith? In just a few, next Sunday, we are going to be boosting and launching for our 2020, Focus 2020, which focus means simply this, during the next 40 days, beginning January the 1st, I believe through February the 9th, that's 40 days, we will be doing 40 days of prayer and focus. And those days we will set aside to pray and to fast. And I'm asking for you to fast at least half of those days. Somebody said, "Are you, you just did away with the fast this year. No, we haven't. As a matter of fact, I've added to it. It would be awesome if some of us would take on the challenge of the entire, entire 40 days and just say, God, we really." how many of you need God to do some things? I mean, some real, real things in 2020. You need God to come through for your family. You need God to do something in your life. You need God to, maybe, you're, maybe you've got a loved one that's sick and you need healing in their body. You want to see them restored in their health. I'm here to tell you, it, when we begin to fast, and we begin to pray, when we begin to get that in our heart, things will happen. Great things will happen when we begin to focus. So Focus 2020, that's coming up, uh, and, and I'm going to launch that next week in uh, the message. We'll be taking that on, and hopefully, if the printer gets them here in time, you will be having, I'll be giving everybody a commitment card that wants one. And those commitment cards will just simply say, me and my family are committed to, to 40 days of focus. And you know what we're wanting to do? I'm not wanting you to get through on April, I mean April, well, maybe April, who knows, but February the 9th, I don't want you to get through with that and say, oh, it's over. I've done all my fasting and all my praying for 2020. No, I'm hoping that by the end of this time, you will develop a culture, an attitude of prayer, a heart for prayer, a heart for fasting. And you'll say, you know what? I can't let that just be the only time I do this. All through the year, I want to dedicate. Because guess what? In 40 days, if you do it diligently, you will create a habit, a habit of prayer. And I'm telling you, when you begin to do that, your worries... Mm. How many of you have taken that challenge on in the last few years for the first time? I know several of you have. What clarity does it bring? My goodness, what real focus does it bring? Can you imagine what God can do in 2020 if the church will become focused together? Amen. There's, that's the end of that advertisement, but we'll talk about that next week. Wise men have to seek after him. And you know what? All of us, all of us want to know and boast that we are wise folks at times. 
that we make wise decisions. Well, you know, one of the wisest things you can do this Christmas is to accept Jesus as your Savior if you don't know him. That's the wisest decision you can make. The other wise decision you can make is to keep him as your Savior by nurturing your relationship with him, by becoming more committed to him. Naturally, we, we look uh, at wisdom of men instead of the wisdom of God. If you look at the gospel, it doesn't make sense logically looking why Jesus would. You know, I, I look at it a lot of times, and the way my mind works is a little bit different sometimes than some people's. And I look at the story, and I think, Lord, wouldn't it have just been easier to wipe Adam and Eve out? Wouldn't have just been able to, you got two people, that's it. Just erase them and start all over again. But you know what? That would be like me erasing Paige and Peyton. That was his children. And he said, I can't throw them away. I have to redeem them. And whether you know it or not, he's not ready to throw anybody in this room away. He's not ready to throw anybody away in this community, in this county. And if anything, he's wanting for them to come into the peace and the love and the joy. Somebody says it's hard to be a Christian. Well, that's, that goes against what the Scripture says. The Bible says the way of a transgressor is hard. The way of a transgressor is hard. The way, you know what, it, it's hard to live wrong. It's not that hard to live right because I'm here to tell you, you don't have to do that alone. A lot of times, how many of you have lived, for, lived wrong and you felt all alone in that? Come on. I'm here to tell you, God says, I'm not going to let you be alone because when you are redeemed, you become my sons, my daughters, and you become a part of a forever family. Amen? Look around you. You're not alone, folks. We got an army that can help us in our walk with God. Amen? Aren't you thankful for that this Christmas? When I need prayer, I don't have to pray all by myself. I can call on my brothers and my sisters in the Lord and say, will you pray for my family? Will you pray for, the, for my loved ones? Will you help me in this? And I'm here to tell you, you say, oh, a lot of people don't do it. Doesn't matter if one hears me and one helps me pray. That's more than just me and that's enough. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? God doesn't want you to walk through now or the rest of this year alone. Christmas can be one of the most lonely times for people. It can be a time of isolation. But I want you to think, God, doesn't, God never intended for us to be alone. As a matter of fact, if you go back to the very beginning of the book, Genesis, when Adam was there and Adam looked all over and he saw nobody that was made for him, God said it's not good for man to be alone. He caused a deep sleep to come upon Adam and he formed a, out of his rib woman. Someone for him. God doesn't intend for us to be alone this Christmas. As a matter of fact, he wants us to, to have, have a family. Imagine if there was no Christmas, there would be no redemption, no gospel. For the wages of sin is death, the Bible says in Romans 6, 23. Galatians 3.10 says, For as many as, uh, as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed everyone that continues not in all things which are written in the book of the law and, and doesn't do them. Then uh, Revelations 21 says, But the, the fearful and the unbelieving and the, uh, and the abomina uh, abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and sorcerers, idolaters and all liars, shall have their part in the lake of fire which burns with brimstone which is the second death 
But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. John 3.15 says that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. John 3.17 says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but, to, but that the world through him might be saved. And then 1 John 5.11 says this, And this is the record that God has given to us eternal life and the life, uh, a life that is found in his Son. I, I, we've got a reason to to rejoice today because hell was our destiny. The lake of fire was our destiny. And because of that birth in Bethlehem, and not just the birth, but also the life that was lived and the death that was that was or the, the death that, that was that occurred and the resurrection that occurred, we have life through Jesus Christ today. I don't know about you, but that's a reason to celebrate. That's a reason to get the Christmas blues off of you today and begin to realize I have every reason to smile, every reason to rejoice this Christmas, every reason to proclaim the glory of him who has come for glory in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Christ came for you and for me and we got a reason to rejoice. It troubles my heart to think about what, what we portray to the world, what the world sees in us. If we claim to have the reason of hope, if we have claimed that he is the reason for the season and we, 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 we make all these claims, but yet the world sees us depressed and down and, in, and, 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 and sad all Christmas season, what are we really saying to the world? What kind of mixed message am I giving if I could say he's the hope that came on Christmas, but yet I can't seem to smile at people? I can't seem to be in a good mood. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you go to the store this weekend, you are purposely welcoming a bad mood. Okay? How many's got all their Christmas shopping done? Oh, my goodness. How many does not have all their Christmas shopping done? Well, the Bible says, blessed are the cursed. I read that earlier. <laughs> oh. Remember, when you're going through that line, and the person checking you out is not in the best of moods. They've dealt with a lot. And what would a Merry Christmas and a smile do for them? And a thank you. You say, but that's their job. Everybody likes a thank you. Remember, they would like to be with their families too. I was going through, uh, I think it was Hobby Lobby the other day, and... Uh, the cashier was sitting there, and she goes, have you got all your Christmas shopping done? And this lady had just been really ugly to her in front of me. I mean, just really ugly. And I looked at her, and I said, no. I said, but it's going to be all right. I said, uh, I wanted to just thank you and wish you a Merry Christmas. And she looked at me, and she said, you know, you're the first person today that has told me Merry Christmas, that has smiled at me. She said, thank you for that. God can do some amazing things if we'll let him this Christmas season. So let's don't say he's the reason for the season and act like little difficult brats. Thank you. I was searching for a word. Thank you for that. Brats. Amen. This Christmas. Let's, let's show this world that we celebrate what it's all about. Amen. And I'm here to tell you, get some extra hugs in with your, your, your family. Amen. Take lots of pictures. I, I've got a, which you know her, uh, Peggy Clements, who came and spoke at our women's uh, conference. Um, Peggy shared her testimony. She's been through a lot. She lost her husband uh, a few years ago. 
And this time of year is really lonely. She misses Gary, and Gary was a good friend of mine uh, as well. And um, as she was posting uh, pictures of her family, she said she was talking about missing Gary, and she said, take lots of pictures, get lots of hugs. Take lots of pictures, get lots of hugs, make it matter. Make it matter, because you may not get to next year. You don't know. Life can throw things at us. But I'm here to tell you, this could be the most awesome Christmas if you'll allow it. So we all need a gift. Look at somebody beside you and say, you need something. And now you look back at them and say, yes, I do, and put your hand out. You know, like, I need something. Now, what you need is to unwrap this gift of Jesus. And my challenge to you this Christmas season is to unwrap the joy that he brings, to unwrap the peace that he brings, to unwrap the healing that he brings, to unwrap the hope that he brings. Because I'm going to tell you, no matter what the circumstances are saying in your life, you've got a reason to shake off the dust, lift up your hands, and give God the praise that he's due this Christmas season. You've got a reason to celebrate. Unwrap the gift. Jesus was not what the religious world expected. And I want you to think about this. Max Lucado writes it best, and I thought I would share as I begin to bring this to a close today. Max Lucado said, said in his uh, book, The Angels Were Silent, he said, what if uh, there was a committee of angels that were to select how Jesus would appear on the earth? He said, can you imagine the meeting of the angels as they discussed how Jesus would appear to this earth? Some might say, I know, we'll roll back the heavens and trumpets will sound and, 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 and he'll appear in glory and he'll appear with fire and, and smoke and lightning and, and glory. And God says, no, no, that's not, not what I have in mind. Can you imagine if one of the angels suggested he be born in Bethlehem. He'd be born not in a, a nice, clean house, but be born in a nasty, smelly stable. You know, we clean it up so much. <laughs> we clean it up. But how many's ever been in a stable that was an active stable? In other words, it wasn't there for looks, and it smelled good. They don't smell good, okay? If you're thinking about taking up farming, go visit a stable first. You might change your mind. But into that was what he was born. I want you to think about that. There was no selection. There was no, no glory. There was no, somebody said, oh, but the angels sing. No, the angels said, glory to God in the highest. Go see him. If you saw the play last week, you might have pushed, go to the barn. He's there. Go, go. But think about that. How would you bring the hope of the world into this world? Would you have ever chosen the method in which God chose? No. But neither would I have chosen to redeem someone like me. But he did. He did. He loved me when no one else loved me. 
This is the gift of Jesus. Amen. Will you stand? There were no bands playing. There were no royal trumpeteers. There was no royal announcement made that day as far as what the world would consider. But he was born. And you know, a lot of people don't even realize it. We have no record that there was a midwife, so more than likely Joseph is the one that helped Mary through that birth. There may have been, but not mentioned in the scripture. But there in that stable, a hope, your hope, my hope, was given to mankind. And Herod tried to stop it, but he couldn't. As a matter of fact, he tried his best to find out so he could kill it, but he couldn't. And I'm here to tell you, Satan would love to wipe Christmas off the map. He would love to wipe salvation off the map. He would love to destroy Jesus in the eyes of even those who celebrate him this Christmas. But I'm here to tell you, he can try as hard as he can, but he can't wipe out the, the Messiah story, the Emmanuel. He can't take away the hope that Jesus brought. He can't. So I want to challenge you with this. If you're going through some negative thoughts or you're having a rough Christmas I want you to speak to those things today in the name of Jesus you can't stop hope in the name of Jesus depression you can't stop the majesty of Jesus in the name of Jesus I declare this is going to be a merry Christmas in my life Amen. And then when you feel that hope, don't hold it to yourself. Share it with somebody around you. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, we love you. I thank you for your mercy, your grace. I thank you, God, that, Lord, we can celebrate you this wonderful Christmas. Because, Lord, there was that first Christmas. There was the birth of your son, Jesus. And, Lord, you gave him to us so that we might know Oh God, salvation, that we might be restored to you in the rightful relationship. So Lord, we ask you now in your precious holy name, Lord, that you would just help us to reach into our hearts and minds and celebrate this Christmas like never before. To God be the glory for the things that he has done. Lord, to you be all praise and honor this Christmas season. Father, we invite you, Lord, the healer into our midst, the hope into our midst, the restorer of the soul into our midst. Lord, we invite you, Lord, the breaker of addiction. Lord, we invite you in our lives this, Lord, Christmas season. Lord, I know, God, there are some, Lord, that are, Lord, going through loss this Christmas. They're going through, Lord, sickness this Christmas. But, Lord, there is still a reason to celebrate, and that is you. For you are our hope. You are our life. And, Lord, we just praise you and thank you in Jesus' holy name. Once again, we thank you for worshiping with us today. We would love to hear from you. If you were touched in any way by today's message, please let us know. You can find out more about us and even support our ministry with an offering at trinehwc.com. Thank you again for listening and worshiping.